This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri with Brandon Rathert. It's old school American. It's Jim Crow. Uh, sort of reminiscent of Jim Crow era tactics that are designed to have a chilling effect. It's voter suppression. It's the new Jim Crow. The president himself said these feel like Jim Crow laws. What's your take on, on whether it is or isn't? I say it is. I mean, I mean, I did grow up under Jim Crow laws. This, guys... This is it. I said it yesterday. This is the GOP strategy. This is it. Can't beat the Democratic candidates. Block their voters. This is it. For real. This is Jim Crow. This is voter suppression laws in Georgia. Remember, that was one year ago. These new laws in Georgia, which enhanced voter security. We've done some same things here in the state of Missouri. Voter suppression. Jim Crow laws. Guess what's happened a year later? Voting numbers in Georgia. They're up. At record numbers. And across everywhere you know other states missouri did a little bit of changing to their election laws other states have done the same and yeah the headlines are you know three weeks from the election day pre-election voting is high uh early vote count surpasses ordinary midterm turnout i mean we're gonna have more voting than we've ever had and check this i think the number and i will say the dobbs decision had a, i think it had a lot to do with that uh, with I people don't. voting, uh, I, I believe that as the Wall Street Journal will attest to here in our next story. I think gas prices have a lot. Of, oh yeah, to do with I, I, absolutely. Um, the state saw a seventy-five percent increase from the second day during the twenty eighteen midterms. But I think this is even more telling. It is up over the second day of early voting in the twenty twenty presidential election. In the presidential election, early voting is up in Georgia. Over what it was then. And I do. And thank goodness it's the economy that's winning out on issues and why voters are going to the polls. It is in this summer. I don't think that was quite the We got and yours truly included got a little worried because Democrats got a lot of momentum, a lot of new people registering to vote, registering as Democrats because of the Dom's decision. And I'm hoping that we are now at that spot where people are like even the Democrats uh, that want to do in Illinois. They're doing they're doing, you know, like food trucks. But abortions, they're driving around in food trucks handing out abortions, or they want to, or they will. And they'll Awful. do it along the... And that's a true story, by the way. It We're is not, a true story. We are not exaggerating, not a conservative talking point. It is a, uh, it is a fact. And uh, it looks like, thank goodness, Tide is going back to where we were pre-Dobbs decision. We think so. And I, I also saw this other article in there, basically, and, and you get this from Democrats a lot. They're like, can you believe how much money people are spending in elections? And, like, it costs money to run advertisements and to run a campaign and to pay people to go knock on people's doors. It's the same people... You know, who are like, well, uh, you know, the turnout might be low. Spending all of this money is educating people about who's on the ballot and is driving people to the polls. So it's it's interesting because you see people say, well, there's voter suppression and we need more people to turn out. But wait, we can't spend any money to tell people about the election. Uh, it's just it's ridiculous. Squirrel. It's like, what's the next thing we can jump on here? And you look even here in mid-Missouri, for example, uh, uh, campaign uh, finance reports are out. And you look on a local level and let's take boom county as an example uh some of these offices well you look at the democrats and obviously uh with the uh the i always want to call it the 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 mule skinners boone county mule skinners and the money they donate to local democrat candidates and they are donating a lot of money uh to all these these races and we're not seeing the same support with conservatives i don't know if they get the same amount of money raised uh, with the Pachyderm Clubs, whether it's Boone County Pachyderm, Boone County GOP, or Columbia um, Pachyderm.
Uh, welcome, and we're going to get into what the Wall Street Journal is saying about the mid to, uh, midterms. Welcome to the show. It's Wake Up Mid-Missouri. There's Mr. Brian Houseworth. It's good to see you. Good event yesterday at the Columbia Regional Airport. Huge turnout. Uh, highlight. Sure. What, what would you say is the highlight of what the terminal means for people here in Mid-Missouri? If you had to pick one, and there's, gosh, there's so many different angles. If I had to pick one, I think it is this growing idea of uh, Columbia being branded a medical destination. Dr. Choi said yesterday, President Choi said that 10,000 isotopes come out of the MUR facility, M-U-R-R, the research reactor, which is on South Providence, 10,000 a week. And basically, as the governor said, people are coming in. Obviously, it's it's people coming here, families and stuff. But a lot of the people coming in now are for medical treatment. They think it will grow even more. So that's kind of even a bigger angle in 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 something that I think just, is going to be. It's a lot of money at stake here too. Yeah, it, the business, the people, the education, the scientists. They come into town, researchers. Uh, government, obviously, Jefferson yeah. City. I mean, it's it's all right here. And I'm trying to think of it like this because Governor Parson yesterday, he said something to the effect, and I can't remember exactly what his words were in this speech at the new terminal for the Columbia yeah. Regional Airport, but something to the effect, you only get one chance to make a first impression. Yeah. And, and, I, and, and I kid you not, I always think every time I'm in that airport, or had been in the past, I'm trying to think of, you know, these important people coming to town for an event. And and I know some you might laugh and say, well, looks doesn't matter, taxpayer dollar. Well, I'll disagree with you uh, until the end of time. This stuff is important. But I would keep thinking about these people's first impression of Columbia, you know, walking into this airport. And, and we've always appreciated the free rice cakes, by the way. <laughs> Love that. And I hope they keep that. It depends I on the flavor. Lately it's, lately, it's been the apple cinnamon. And I am, no, I want the caramel. When are we bringing the caramel back, please? So, the quote, by the way, was a near spot on about it. He said the, the quote was, the first impression is a lasting impression. And Nick Saban, Kirby Smart, uh, Brad Nessler, Gary Danielson, if we just look at sports, the big names, people have no idea. The big name people, Dabo Sweeney's come through here, the big name coaches that have come through here. And the first impression they've got with, with, with going into that basically trailer. Uh, that's what it really, really what? was. It was built in 19. That, that said, it served a wonderful purpose and it worked. But this is this is nicer now because it, it was it's literally from 1968. I really don't care about impressing like people who feel like they, sh- you know, like important people. I mean, I care. I, I just care about I do care about making a good impression, but I also just care about regular folks being able to get to mid-Missouri easily. And I think that's, you know, you think like I go all over and people when you say you're from Missouri, they're like Ozark. Yep. Right. They love Ozark. You know, to be able to fly from New York or from Vegas or wherever to Columbia, Missouri, and have a quick drive to the Lake of the Ozarks. I mean, it's going to bring money to our whole state. And it, and good point. it matters. So I get excited about it because it affects me. I use that airport all the time. Stephanie. Convenience. Convenience. Uh, yeah, there's nothing like boarding a five o'clock flight and not having to leave your house at two thirty in the morning to, you know, uh, to get to St. Louis and all that. But to your point, like just for, you know, besides the, the, the people from academia and people from, uh, from legislative bodies across the country that come here just for regular folks. Decided that it's more convenient for me to pick up my relatives who are aging and can't drive as far. And somebody uses the airport chatting with KOMU. 
Well, and and even like airlines are confused. Did we see a baggage office yesterday? Because one time I lost my bag and I landed at 11 p.m. back in Columbia. And uh, and they said, I'm on the phone with the airline. They're like, well, just go and talk to the person at the baggage office. And I was like, um, can't. They're mopping the bathrooms like, right now. You, <laughs> you've never been here before. I'm like, I don't think there is an office. And there's certainly no one here that's going to answer any of my questions. And so it does when you show up. Um, you, like you said, I saw you and you're like, there are kiosks. And so in front of the desks, you know, you can check in. And there were kiosks at the other ones. But they're just conveniently placed away from the desk where you can check in. Just like if you were in a real airport. It feels like a real airport. Marsh, you remember that excitement you got when you were a little kid and you opened up your first Atari 2600 at Christmas time and as a little kid you almost vibrated with joy. Like, oh, look, Atari 20. That's how I was with Stephanie yesterday when I Oh, chaos. <laughs> and I was and I was excited though that and we asked this yesterday that they're going to play the Mizzou fight song when the baggage carol starts up and it does it brings like a sense of place and a sense of community and a little bit of fun. Um they also said, you know, there's going to be some TVs uh, you know, telling folks more about Columbia and I love that. And a storm shelter. I think that's very important because that area down there has had some storms over the years. Uh restaurant. A restaurant and that is still being they're still working out the details on that. The restaurant is still being worked on the storm shelter there's going to be an animal service area but again uh, one of the biggest questions that brandon and i at least got was what is going to be done with the current facility and what they're looking at that is counters for the car rental agencies and that's where the secure public safety basically the security is going to be for the foreseeable future and here's why uh you know i i do believe first impressions are important especially when you're talking about something on a city level whether you're trying to recruit uh you know who's going to be the next president at lincoln university or head at mizzou or these people that come in let's say for a job at hitachi high-ranging job or something that's coming in from a national conglomerate to check out our area i think the airport you get into the airport it says a lot because i think back personally in life how many people that i've met where maybe the relationship wasn't good because of a bad first impression yeah I, that's I, and and that's kind of what the governor said i mean he's and he was talking about he learned that from the military and Stephanie, I agree with you. I, it's not so much to impress Nick Saban, Dabo Sweeney. I was using them as exam. Gary Danielson, quite frankly, who cares what Gary Danielson thinks? But the, the, <laughs> although I love him, I, I, I love him. I think the guy's a great broadcaster. But I mean, the bottom line is, but you do want to impress them because they, you know, when they're coming through town, you you do want to impress them. But it does look good. That said, the current facility has served its purpose. We've had presidents come through through there. So many. Bob Hope, 1976, came through there as well. First impressions. I think about that in my personal life. First people you have met. Have you ever met somebody where your first impression was just not a good first impression and it's been a fruitful relationship? Now, they got a new website. Do we know? Is the calculator back up on there? They used to have a calculator. It was, I think, uh, iFlyCOU.com, something like that. FlyCOU.com. FlyCOU.com. And you can go in. And so for me, it's easy. It's usually, now it's not been recently, but usually far more cheaper to fly out of Columbia Regional Airport than going to St. Louis or Kansas City. Parking, driving, gallons of gasoline, plus my, you know how much they pay me an hour here? My time is, uh, is virtual working. fortune. I think there for a while, though, it got a bad, you know, it's a kind of an urban legend, like, oh, it's so expensive. It's but not. really, if you haven't looked at it, go do the comparison yourself or get on their website. Eight seven four ninety three ninety. Timothy, I've got 30 seconds for you, buddy. What's on your mind? We just flew in from uh, Dominican Republic yesterday to Columbia, 
and we saw the new one there. It looks good. I agree with both of you. It's I don't care what people think because it's not a destination. It's a means to an end of going to Columbia. But I agree. It should be it should be nicer. It's going to be nice, but uh, it's it's not an end in itself. The airport. It's a means to an end to go and leave. Right. Timothy, thank you for the phone call. We appreciate you being a part of Wake Up Mid-Missouri this morning. You can reach out, call or text 874-9390. Coming up, uh, 810, Attorney General Eric Schmidt and U.S. Senate candidate uh, Eric Schmidt. He's going to be here at 810. Maybe he has some thoughts on this airport, what it means, but mostly it's the economy, stupid. Coming up, <laughs> 725. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri with Brandon Rathert. Ooh, it is 725. Time for What's Hot with Hannah. See, I knew that you were so excited to talk about the royal family that you would be on time because you were just so excited you didn't want to wait any longer i wanted to get right to it and and find out more about the royal uh, royal family (laughs) so of course i casually slash not so casually enjoy following the royal family for whatever reason i know that it's dumb it's kind of like people's obsession with the kardashians i think like it's kind of like putting your shoes in the freezer (laughs) that's weird Uh, That's serial killer level. (laughs) But there was an auction this week in Britain at the British Auction House, and they auctioned off pieces of royal family, like history, basically. There were some pieces from Queen Elizabeth's personal collection. um, And then randomly, they auctioned off a piece of Diana and Charles' wedding cake from 41 years ago. Hmm. And the headline of this article says, A piece of Charles and Diana's wedding cake just sold at auction for surprisingly little. What did you expect? What's the going? <laughs> what's the blue book value on that? And I know the pound has taken a tumble lately, but it's come to this. They're deciding they got to sell off some Gar- of their royals. It's stuff. not an auction. It was a garage sale, John. <laughs> Pretty much. See what, we, see what we can get for the old quilt from Grandma. Huh? Posted in Jefferson City Marketplace on Facebook. We have some 41-year-old cake, if you would like the, it. Uh, the U.S. equivalent of what it sold for was $190. <laughs> And they were, I guess, were expecting much more than that. I don't know. Who wants a 41-year-old piece of fruitcake? Well, your wedding's coming up. Are you doing that? Are you going to keep the wedding-like cake, the topper, and then eat it like a year later? That For one year, yeah, not 41 years. What's the difference? <laughs> one-year-old cake? No, thank you. I mean, uh, it's going to be in the freezer. This mm-hmm. looks like it's just been sitting in a box in a closet. What else? So was that like the most interesting thing that was sold in this garage sale? Um, they had auctioned off something from like Queen Elizabeth's original coronation back in the fifties. It was like a leather bound program that was kind of cool. But the wedding cake, and not only any wedding cake, apparently it's a royal family tradition that goes back forever. That your wedding cake is a fruit cake. Oh, that's why it got so little money, <laughs> right? Cake. Where's the Jim Gaffigan skit on fruit cake? We have to pull that up now. Like oh of, my gosh! Of all the cakes to serve at your big fancy wedding, fruit cake is not at the top of my list. What I want to know is the treasurer had his auction a couple weeks ago, and you know it was like Orange County Chopper Pez dispensers. Which got more money, the Orange County Chopper Pez dispensers or Royal Forty Year Old Royal <laughs> Wedding? Cake? My money's on the Pez dispenser. <laughs> That is a great question. There was a Seinfeld episode, Elaine's uh, eclectic boss who collected all, uh, Peterman, I think was the guy's name, and uh, bought like a, a piece of wedding cake that was 200 years old from a royal wedding. 
Elaine didn't know that she gets into the work fridge and she eats it. <laughs> she doesn't know. So she tries to replace by buying a $8 Andaman's, uh cake. Apparently in uh, 2014, a piece of William and Kate's wedding cake sold for $7,500. Hmm. Why? And that's Why? not even that old. It wasn't aged like this piece was. <laughs> like keeping your shoes in the freezer. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri with Brandon Rathert. You think that would be better? It doesn't add up. Fruit, good. Cake, great. Fruit cake, nasty crap. <laughs> <laughs> Have you tried fruit cake? I don't even think that's fruit in there. You're like, mm-hmm. what is that, a Skittle? <laughs> so what is a seed here? What is this, a treasure map? <laughs> what is the recipe of fruit cake? Anything but fruit? It's like the baker was just clearing off the counter. Put all this crap in there. <laughs> Nobody eats this stuff. They just mail it to relatives. <laughs> Marsh, you ever been gifted a, a fruitcake? Oh boy, I don't think so. I don't either. It was, I'm not it was a an interesting guy anyway. Yeah. So good. And I, I don't know who is. Have you ever met some? Oh, this is my friend John. He's a fruitcake guy. He's a fan. It's something we don't say. But Stephanie was asking. <laughs> Can't say that. <laughs> When was politically the, incorrect? He's not a fruitcake guy. Uh, I get it. I'm wondering. Yeah, when was the last time you were gifted? A, I don't know that I've ever been gifted a, a fruitcake. Thank goodness. I think someone in my life was gifted a fruitcake such that I've tasted a fruitcake. But yeah, I mean, gross. Uh, and we're talking about this because uh, what's hot with Hannah? Something we do every day, 725. It's kind of an interesting story today. Crazy people doing crazy things. Yeah, the royal family held an auction to auction off some of the, uh, you know, royal family memorabilia, I guess. Which is crazy to me. Who buys 40-year-old cake from the royals? 40-year-old fruit cake. <laughs> Maybe it was just 40-year-old regular cake. I would have put a bid in, but fruit cake and I'm out. Uh, in bidding on memorabilia anyway, whether it's wedding cake or sports memorabilia, uh, like, do you want other people's old sweaty foot? No, I have... I, uh, uh, Patch, uh, seriously, do you want that stuff? I don't want anybody's old stuff, no. Mm. Not really. Not even a bathrobe? Not a bathrobe. Welcome to the show. It's Wake Up Mid-Missouri. There's Stephanie Powell. Good morning. Mr. John Marsh is here. Good morning. Big fan of the Royals. Producer Hannah is here. Uh, not the baseball team, but the British Royals, yes. I, on the other hand, have been a lifelong Royals fan since 2015 when they went to the World Series. Uh, welcome to the show. Glad you could be here. I wanted to get to this piece, Wall Street Journal, something we uh, that we were talking about earlier, the midterms. Wall Street Journal, what are they saying about the mid- midterms? Well, here's the headline. Republican midterm prospects brighten in closing weeks of election. Uh, and they cite polling so showed a Democratic lead of about two percentage points. Generic ballot. In other words, who would you rather have running things, Republicans or Democrats? Showed a two percent, uh, two-point lead for Democrats. Uh, that has been cut in half. Wall Street Journal goes on to write a surge of good news for Democrats in the summer and early fall, as well as a burst of Democratic engagement in the election after the Supreme Court ended federal abortion rights in June appears to have given way to the factors that traditionally weigh in on the president's party in the midterm election, i.e. it's the economy. Stupid. Uh, Wall Street Journal goes on. Bottom line, analysts from both parties say as Republicans are increasingly likely to gain well over the net five seats needed to take the majority in the House and control of the 50-50 Senate could still fall to either party. 
So it's looking good. You need to stock up on your champagne bottles so we can pop them open late at night is what they're saying, right? Let's hope. And uh, your non-alcoholic sparkling juice, too. Uh, but I, I, you know, election night, I'm nervous. Are you nervous? And I'm finally, I'm starting to get a little bit excited and imagining what, if we take back the Senate and we know about it on election night, what you're going to, is anyone doing a dance in the studio that night if it happens? I don't know that there's any worthwhile bets. I mean, in 2016, when Gary Nolan, who is the Gary Nolan show weekday mornings at nine here on the radio station, um, that the, the bet, he and I made a bet, uh, uh, the day of the election, maybe the day before the election, he's like, Hillary's going to win this thing. And I said, no, Trump's going to win and he didn't uh and and he based on polling which showed that hillary was going to win this thing easily he didn't i said he says i'll i said gary i said if if trump wins you do a dance on video you do a jig on video and i don't know if you've ever seen gary nolan dude's got presence like he's a tall big dude by george that dude danced uh the day after the election day 2016 but i don't know there's is there anything worth betting or do we bet on do Republicans take control of the Senate? Maybe yeah. that's the big bet. I think that is. You want some of that action, Marsh? Yeah, man. We'll see what the line is in Vegas on that one, huh? Yeah. Uh, coming up a, a little bit later, Eric Schmidt, by the way, our Attorney General, he and U.S. Senate candidate, he's going to be here at 810 when I get his thoughts on um, the economy. Um, my thoughts, on It sucks. I mean, <laughs> How I know, eloquent. It's, I know. It's, it's like we, we were talking to, as a matter of fact, I heard, um, I heard, uh, Mark Alford, who's running in the 4th Congressional District, he was on Randy Tobler's show yesterday and the economy. And all these reports and stuff that comes out, my my, my checking account doesn't care about these inflation reports. The president said it was strong as hell over his ice cream. <laughs> it's pretty good. Uh, it just blows me away. Uh, we've had a couple of texts about, uh, and this is interesting, and I'm, I guess I'm kind of glad it came up. People, uh, somebody said, well, are you going to talk about this COVID vaccine stuff? And I don't know what the latest is. And I said, no, because we don't care. I can't even, th- I don't even remember the last time we've talked about COVID or vaccines. This, I mean, you don't care because you don't have kids, I think, on this. So yesterday, I guess the CDC came out and there's a recommended list of vaccines for schools. And I guess they want to add the COVID vaccine to that. And I can tell you, Mm-mm. yeah, that's so some states have already passed laws saying like, you know, the COVID vaccine can't be mandated by kids. But like I have really strong opinions about giving the COVID vaccine to my own kids. And yeah, I mean, I think if if my school said, hey, you're required to give your kid the COVID jab to walk in these doors, I'd say, guess what? I'm your new teacher, kids. And see that I do care about. It's COVID and the vaccines and True. shit. I mean, when was the last time? We don't, we just don't talk about it, whether it's responsible, irresponsible. When was the last time you're listening right now to Wake Up Mid-Missouri? 742. Thursday morning, 19 days from the election. When was the last time you heard us talk about this stuff? We just don't talk. Because I don't think there's any... Hannah, do you have any personal interests in this stuff? It's nothing nothing that's ever come up in the show? Yeah, I mean... Marsh? Well, like Stephanie said, I think the last time we really talked about it was talking at the beginning of the school year and filling out some of the local districts. Hey, what are you going to do with COVID again this year? You know, from that standpoint. The last time we talked about it is we talked about how you won an award from, like, the Missouri Health Department for your coverage of it, I think, really. Yeah, probably a good point. You know, just look looking at how it was dealt with in the midst of it all. But, yeah, now it's really pretty much off the radar other than the yeah. kind of loaded national news stories you're hearing about it. Well, and COVID fatigue was so real 
for all of us on the show and a lot of wake up family members. You know, we would get texts every single day. Why are you guys talking about this? <laughs> and so, now, and now the texts are, "How come you guys aren't talking about this?" <laughs> Wait a minute! Over the past two years, you would, go, and it's the same people usually. That you're talking about it too much. You're talking about it too much, and it's the exact same people saying, "How come you're not talking about this now?" Yep. And I just, I mean, I, I don't. You know, it's it's a nice thing uh, living in Missouri um, because we do have uh, we, we are you know controlled by Republicans and we got reasonable reasonable people and I think if you know Eric Schmidt has gone to bat against the school districts and you know everyone else on COVID policies so I think if if you know someone in Missouri got a wild hair and they said suddenly for Missouri schools you got to be got to have the COVID backs I I just don't think that's going to fly so that's why I'm not really worried about it that's why you know I I understand if you were if you live in a jurisdiction controlled by Democrats or people yeah. who are still wearing masks I would be freaking out. Um, but I don't have that concern here. And I think really that's why, you know, we're talking about the economy and inflation. And as I think about that, that's one thing that, you know, we can't insulate ourselves from that. We can't move away from that. And that's why I think it's going to dominate the election, because when everyone else was really concerned about covid, we said, hey, we're going to the Lake of the Ozarks this weekend. You want to, you know, I was in <laughs> you want to go with us? <laughs> well, we could, you know, we could make our own decisions and we could really yeah. insulate our, our, you know, it was a really state, state by state and even sometimes, you know, county by county and and, and you could you could kind of control your situation. And I feel like, you know, here with the economy and everything Joe Biden's done, there's not I feel helpless because I, it, it permeates every county, every city. And we've the only thing we can do is get new leadership and get new policies to get around that. Uh, and let's uh, let's remember what Biden just said, like 48 hours ago. Days away from uh, the most consequential election. Uh, in our history. It's the most consequential election in our lifetime. Um, by the way, I think we should do a listener mailbag coming up like at uh, about like five, six minutes from now. We're getting some good texts regarding uh, fruitcakes, shoes in the freezer, and a whole slew of other things. How about deodorant? Is there Deodorant. We might do. We might open up the, uh, the Wake Up Mid-Missouri <laughs> mailbag. You see in some of this stuff in here, Marsh, we've got some good ones. Some good ones in here. People got some pretty good takes on the, the stories of the day. Yeah. Uh, and here's with the, with the COVID stuff. And when I say uh, I don't care, like when I go, especially there's a Schnooks in Columbia and it's the one that's on it's on forum uh, in your stadium. And it's like the most wokest grocery store in all of mid-Missouri. You know, they all have the shirts, you know, and racism and love rules and which that's fine. That's great. But the number of people in there that still wear masks and I get I try to be I try to seek first to understand. Maybe you have a weakened immune system, whatever it is. I don't know that I ever recall you seeing wear, wearing masks prior to the spring of 2020. But if you have a weakened immune system, then why would you not use grocery delivery? <laughs> why sure. would you wander around the store in a mask? I don't understand. Uh, and I get and here's my judginess. I'm not going, man, that person's an idiot. Here's what I say. I'm like, man, national news outlets got to those people. Yeah. Scared the heck out of them. They scared them, and they're still afraid. And I feel bad for them because they have that fear. Uh, it, it, it worked. It scared these people into submission. So uh, that's kind of my judgy take on it. When I see people still wearing masks or still worried, oh, and oh, and now we got to get the monkeypox vaccine. There's several monkeypox vaccination clinics in Colombia at the, <laughs> over the next few days. 
like here's the latest thing they're trying to scare you with. Let's celebrate by all of a sudden gas prices are going to go down because guess what? That strategic oil reserve, it's pretty strategic to release some oil whenever your ass is losing the midterms, which is happening to the Democrats. So let's do that and let's find something new to scare people with again. Uh, how about monkeypox? Strategity. Strategery. See, it's the strategery uh, yeah, in this. All right, let's do this. Coming up five minutes from now, let's do the uh, the Wake Up Mid-Missouri listener mailbag. I love this. We've got some good ones in here. You can include stuff. You want to be included in the mailbag, send us a text. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri with Brandon Rathert. Prepared to take the tough decision. That's Liz Truss. I'm prepared to front up. I'm prepared to do all this stuff. I'm prepared to stay in power, she said, less than 24 hours hours ago and now she's resigning <laughs> she will be the shortest serving prime minister in british history she's announced that she intends to resign after just 45 days well i didn't take long it's taken a lot of democrats here two years to figure out man biden was really a crappy choice for president 45 days in the U. yeah that's not good she was kind of dealt a bad hand i mean it wasn't great when she got in and then i think she was in like a couple days before the queen died but really what tanked her was she had put forward this uh tax plan um, and I think it had two two different provisions, maybe like a corporate and some other thing with a cabinet member, two cabinet members. I don't know that what they call them, but two high ranking officials in her administration have already <laughs> said, see you later. Um, and her, people in her own party were calling for her and saying, hey, you need to go too." Um, but I, I guess her tax plan really spun their economy down the drain, made it even worse, which is in 45 days. Not bad. <laughs> it's pretty, hard to do. Pretty uh, and so I think, you know, at that point, someone's got to take one for the team and she's gonna resign letters i get letters we don't get any letters we get tags so many letters facebook messages a whole bunch of letters emails too i'd even read mail from a cow of course you find everybody on their socials uh twitter at stephanie s bell at rather brandon producer uh, hannah what's your twitter handle Producer underscore Hannah. Producer underscore Hannah Marsh. What's the one for KWOS? News Radio at News Radio KWS. All right. We've got one for the Eagle, too. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, not I'm even sorry. to push you on the spot. I was, I was giggling because the way that Marsh said the KWOS Twitter handle made me think of the time you asked me, Hannah, does everyone's Twitter handle have to start with an at sign? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I asked. Shows you where I am. I am on Twitter. Uh, Stephanie's a really good follow, too. All right, so uh, listener mailbag, 874-9390. Start with one from Sean talking about uh, vaccination. CDC coming out saying, hey, now kids as young as five should get them. By the way, there was also a great story in USA Today talking about how educators across the country have had to ask for like $300 billion in funds to help, or maybe it was $3 billion in funds to help kids that are now well behind with test scores, now developmentally behind where they're supposed to be. And there were a bunch of folks that said, listen, this you talked about something two years ago. It's not going to affect kids that much, and you're doing more harm. Your solution is going to do more harm than good. And now we're seeing that. Uh, Sean says, I guess it's you're over it, but when you have kids and you would move you and your family, quit your job, et cetera, to avoid this shot, it's a big deal. And I live in Columbia, so my confidence on the people being reasonable is low. District, I'm assuming school district, has made questionable decisions before. Uh, it says, I don't want to hear about it either. 
but we are screwed if we forget what was done in the name of COVID. And I agree with all of that. And I agree with uh, with what happened in the city of Columbia. Remember, COVID didn't shut these businesses down. It was people in important positions, most of them not even elected. It was people that were appointed to positions that put people out of business that damaged these things. Sean, I sense a little bit of your pain. And you, as a mom, something you, you relate to. Yeah, I you know I have strong opinions about vaccinations and about parental choice over you know what vaccines your kids get. And so yeah, if my school, I, I don't have that concern in Southern Boone. I think we would have a revolution if suddenly they said, hey, you got to vax your kid with a COVID vax before mm-hmm. you get in. Um, and I think yeah, I would be my I would walk away. I would be my kid's teacher. Here's what I love when they do, when they look at percentages, and here's the percentage of people that got the first shot. Here's the percentage of people that got the second shot, and here's the people who got the and, and you can just see by the number of people that are get. Uh, and I'm not dogging on anyone who chooses to get the shot, or if you have an immunocompromised kid, and it, and you do the risk assessment as a parent, and you choose to do it. Uh, but yeah, I don't think a mandate's going to fly in Missouri. I. I would be, I, I understand his concerns that if I was in the city of Columbia, yeah. I, but again, we have the backstop of our attorney general who has not uh, hesitated to go to bat for parents' rights against school districts. And as a matter of fact, our attorney general, Eric Schmidt, is going to be here at 810 this morning on Wake Up uh, Mid-Missouri. And I wonder for me personally, if the other thing is to 